Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. So I wanted to talk to you today about um, when your mom or dad falls in a nursing home and breaks their hip. So older people are prone to breaking you know, hips for a bunch of different reasons and you know, kind of the premise of the podcast is, you know, what happens when they're in someone else's care, meaning in a hospital or more likely in a nursing home or personal care home or something like that. So there are a bunch of reasons why people, older people fall. One is medications often leave um, people just more unsteady than they would be off the medications. But you know, there's been a judgment made that they need to be on this medication to keep them alive. And one of the side effects is dizziness or unsteadiness or, you know, stuff like that. So when you go into a nursing home, you know, one of the things they do or they're supposed to do is check on all your medications and do a fall risk evaluation. So, you know, that's one of the first things they do because they're worried about older people falling, right? It's not really usually a problem with the flooring. Um, it's not usually a problem with someone's walking, although it can be. Um, oftentimes, it's just either medication making you dizzy or unsteady or, um, you know, oftentimes just poor judgment on the patient's part to think that they can, you know, hop out of bed like they used to be able to when they were 60 or 70 and go to the bathroom without assistance or unaided. So, you know, what do, what do nursing homes do? Oftentimes they've got to put um, a bed alarm or a body alarm or a chair alarm. It's just a little, you know, sensor that notifies the nursing desk when if you, you're trying to get out of your bed without assistance and you're someone who needs assistance. So, you know, what other measures are there? Sometimes in, you know, real serious fall risk people, uh, or people who have demonstrated that they don't listen to instructions or are unable to remember the instructions because they're demented. They'll put like very soft mattresses on the ground. They'll put bed rails up. Um, you know, there's all sorts of kind of countermeasures that are done to try and keep people from falling and injuring themselves. And that's balanced against, you know, people don't want to be chained to their beds. So those are the kind of the two extremes is one, we don't want people slipping and sliding and falling all over the place when they're supposed to be assisted. And two, on the other end of the extreme, we don't want them chained to the bed. So even putting bed rails up is generally considered a restriction um, and is, you know, somewhat frowned upon unless, you know, necessary. So, but let's say you get to the point where someone has been identified by their caregiver as a fall risk. So what does that mean? Well, if they are designated as a fall risk, that means they're not supposed to, you know, get up and get out of bed without either one assistant or two assistants present. So, you know, a lot of the situations that I'm called in to evaluate are broken hips. And, you know, sometimes the first fall is you know, is a little murky as to what happens. Oftentimes the patients are mentally compromised, so it's a little harder to figure out what happened. But, you know, with fall risk precautions, they should be in place and they should be 
being used, and you'd be surprised how many times people just don't put fall precautions in place, even though they're required or ordered by the doctors. So I wanted to take a moment now to just to tell you that this podcast is sponsored by New Earth Law Office, my law firm. We're King of Prussia, Pennsylvania, personal injury law firm, which is in the outskirts of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I handle a lot of cases in Philadelphia County, which is the city, and in the county surrounding uh, Pennsylvania or surrounding Philadelphia. So back to the, the meat of the discussion. So the question here is like, well, what's the best case and worst case and what's in between? That's kind of how I look at cases. Best case for the lawyer and for winning the case is the following. Um, mom had a first fall. She was designated as a fall risk before that and after that. The first fall, she just bruised herself, maybe banged up her her knee, maybe bruised her hip. Fall restrictions are put in place, bed alarms, this, that, or the other thing. And then she has a second fall out in the hallway and breaks her other hip. Okay? So why is that, you know, a stronger case? Well, it's a stronger case because essentially the facility had a warning that, um, you know, your mom was either wandering the halls or was in, you know, danger of, of walking out on her own unaided because she couldn't, you know, she wasn't in her right mental faculties. So you got to keep a closer eye on someone who's not in their right mind. Second, you got to keep a closer eye on someone who's not good at remembering if they have short-term memory problems. Third, you already had a warning that this person was a danger of falling or unsteady on their feet. Okay. So, the person breaks their hip, you know, you've got a clear and obvious injury, you have what appears to be a pretty clear, um, you know, problem with the nursing home not keeping an eye on your mother, that's easy um, enough at least to pursue, and then there's a fight over liability and whether the nursing home's responsible for the injury. Now, the, what's the weaker, the weaker case is the following. The weaker case is someone's a fall risk, um, but they've been pretty obedient and responsive to orders. They understand they're in their right mental faculties and they slip, you know, on their way to the bathroom and break their hip. Then, you know, do you have a case there? Well, you know, if someone's not designated as a fall risk, they're supposed to be given as much freedom as possible, as much personal kind of liberty as possible because there's a very strong um, tenet in in nursing homes and in medicine in general that we don't want to restrict someone's, you know, freedom. We don't, you know, tie people to the bed um, unnecessarily. So, you know, you will see if you go to a nursing home, you will see people kind of wandering the halls, pushing themselves around in wheelchairs because, you know, we don't want people to be prisoners. So, you know, you got to balance that no prisoners view of things. Even though it may be safer to have someone chained to their bed, like that's not what we're we're trying to do. This isn't prison. So, you know, with that freedom comes some risk and and the nursing home is supposed to stand in the place of a parent or in the place of a caregiver and reduce that risk by, you know, whatever means possible. Um, but you'll find that bed rails are are substantially disfavored 
in uh, nursing homes as a restriction of movement. So, you know, but if there are rails ordered by either the nursing home staff or by the physician, if bed rails are supposed to be up, then bed rails are supposed to be up and someone shouldn't be able to get out from the bed rails. Although you'll hear lots of nurses tell you that patients are squirrely, they can get out from under bed rails, they can get around bed rails, they can climb over the foot of the bed and fall that way. (laughs) So you'll hear all sorts of crazy stories if you do enough of these um, cases. But look, the moral of the story is that, you know, just uh, there's a kind of a traditional dog bite saying that's not applicable in Pennsylvania, which is, uh, you know, every dog gets one free bite. That's actually not the law. But here in, in the nursing home situation, you know, it's an easier case if someone's had two falls than if they just had one. That's not to say the one fall case is, is particularly hard or, or undoable because a lot of times what you'll find is that the medical records show this person was a fall risk, show they should have been monitored closely. Sometimes they'll even show that they needed a one-to-one assist, meaning someone's sitting in the room with them because they were so unpredictable as a patient. So, you know, those are a lot of the issues surrounding broken hips in nursing homes. And a lot of times there is, you know, reason to believe that more care would have been better for your loved one. And that ultimately is part of the issue is is the nursing homes and their owners, you know, try and keep a very lean, low staff environment because it's expensive to pay staff. And you can't make money as a nursing home if you have a lot of staff. But what's best for the patient? The best for the patient is to have a lot of staff watching everybody. So there's a unfortunate tension there between the owners of the nursing home and the, and the you know, customers or the patients. And uh, oftentimes they're less well-staffed than they should be. So that's enough for today. That's Ask Andy. I hold people accountable.